Welcome to the Alternative Data Podcast. Welcome to the Alternative Data Podcast, powered by CFM. I'm Mark Fleming-Williams. In this episode, I speak to Greg Robin of Random Walk, the provider of retailer coupon and sale data. For several years, Random Walk has been gathering data around the messaging and offers used by major retailers in their sales strategies. This data can be used to compare changes in these strategies, revealing retailer urgency. Greg and I recorded our conversation back in October. If you have a data set that might be of interest for the podcast, please get in touch. So in this episode, I'm joined by Greg Robin of Random Walk Financial. Uh, thank you very much for joining today, Greg. Thanks for having me. Um, Greg, you have, uh, Random Walk and you have been around for, for a long time, since uh, November 2011. So you're, you're, you're pretty established in this, in this crazy alternative data world. Um, how far back should we go? Um, how did you, or why don't you tell me, how did you first start uh, get interest in alternative data? I noticed you were d- designing and implementing web scraping and data analysis systems in 2009. Is that where alternative data comes in? Or was it was it before? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, uh, I'm getting older. <laughs> um, yeah. And so, so I've seen, um, you know, let's say really we're on like alternative data 3, 3.0, um, I always I had a background in computer science and enjoyed building things. And I, I remember 2009, 2010, um, being on the sell side and trying to tell big institutions, hey, you know, we can, we're monitoring these prices online at Bed Bath & Beyond and these various big box retailers that we had a team of programmers set up and we were, you know, tracking the average price of different bedding goods and home furnishings back then. And, um, you know, I'd like to think we were one of the earliest ones doing it. And the objection at the time was pretty funny, you know, looking back, it's, you know, Hey, that's great, Greg, but you know, only, only three or 5% of bed, bath and beyond's business is, is online on the internet. And um, at the time, I really didn't have an answer uh, for that that type of a, a objection. And um, I do not think that um, that investor is, is, is in the business anymore. But, you know, it's, it's online has become, it's not just a proxy for online sales. What's happening online is is happening in the real world, and the two sort of converged over the last decade. Um, you know, so so it's a different world now, and um, for sure. So yeah. so why why don't we why don't we start? Why don't we set the set the scene by saying um, what is Random Walk Financial? What mm-hmm. is what is the what did, what does Random Walk do? Yeah. So <clears throat> after experimentation with different forms of data, what we really drill down and focus in on now is how consumer and technology businesses are communicating via email to their customers and leads. And are they changing, you know, how they're communicating 
and getting more or less promotional in responses to, to demand changes. And we use email, we track email inboxes. And if you think about it, it's a, a very cheap, very instant, very efficient way compared to TV or even other forms of marketing to, to reach out to leads. And what we've noticed, you know, I've been tracking this data now five, six years, collecting it is, um, when there's a decline in demand for products and services, the first thing, one of the first things <clears throat> um, a management team will do is go to, to, to their email systems and ramp up the communication with the leads in terms of trying to generate sales or subscriptions or what it is. So um, that's I would, I would, I would be, I would be interested actually, Greg, what, what, um, how did you, how did you arrive at this? Um, this, that this is the most predictive yeah. area for the consumer sector. What did you run through? What were your, what were your attempts, which, which didn't have as much value? Right. Yep. And so, you know, over the years we started doing things like, um, like you said, 2009, 2010, 2011, scraping, counting cars on CarMax, um, and then getting into web clicks and traffic. And what we noticed is that a lot of venture capital money, big money was going into tracking transactions. Um, and there's a couple really well capitalized players who can be very precise in projecting revenues with credit card data. Um, but we, we, we saw this gap where it wasn't even that the credit card data was wrong. Um, it could project revenues very, very precisely, but we noticed big movements often around earnings and the stocks in the other directions because perhaps gross margin margins had fallen off a cliff because, you know, uh, a lot of the sales were just discounted markdowns. And so... After seeing enough of that over time in this gap, um, we found a way to kind of bridge that that gap to help investors know: okay, is this are these transactions they're seeing? Um, are they really organic demand, or is it just a temporary push in order to hit the quota for the quarter? Mm. Uh, so you, it sounds like, so we're, we're kind of starting 2009, 2010, 11, 12, it's 13, 14 feels like to an extent, kind of like a, a, a golden era for credit card transaction or the people who, who could get it, you know, the kind of the, the Yodley data set was, was, um, you know, uh, was in demand and, and not in that many hands yet. And it was very, very predictive and very powerful. Um, and so if you didn't have it, then it sounds like you were trying to find ways to also be useful out there in this in this market where some of the and it, this is an early moving market to an extent. You know, when it comes to when it comes to alternative data, this is this is this is somewhat early days. So um, you were pr presumably having to um, educate at the same time, ed educate your client as well that that there was alternative data was something they needed and something which had predictive value. So while you're working out your product, you're also educating your market. But so you end up with um, so consumer retail is 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 a you know the 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 original home of alternative data because presumably because of all the all the all the footfall and all the people and all that kind of activity. Um, so you uh, so you start off focusing on consumer retail and you work out that 
um, it, it strikes. So what your, as I understand it, what your data is, is understanding when a retailer is sending out offers essentially saying you know this is our this is our discount town discount time come come and buy the sofa now because you know the the everything must go type thing and that is a kind of a a moment when a retailer is the most distressed potentially if they're sending it everything must go um uh emails out and so you found that that, that to monitor those types of kind of um, discounting or, or whatever communications was a very good way of measuring how the the state of mind of the retailer. So that's that was a kind of that's that's where you ended up. Is that is that about right? That's and I mean I think that's really an accurate chronology too of um, of big data. You know, it, it <laughs> just backing up is right. I mean, if you're a very large long short hedge fund in 2013 14 15 then you're able to procure this you know honestly beautiful precise uh, transactional data you're you're a step ahead um those days are you know that's now we're measuring years and years ago and 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 more recently those who are kind of looking at it in isolation seem to be cut off sides because because th- th- this happens more regularly. So, I mean, I think that's spot on. And the other thing with, with, with what we're looking at is more of a larger change. I mean, you can change how many emails if you're, let's say, Children's Place or Williams-Sonoma or Wayfair. I mean, this is something you can toggle up, you know, in terms of year-over-year activity, um, 200%, 300%, 400% extremely easily. And so it's not necessarily as challenging um, on the data science end, on our end, to uh, articulate this in our promotional indices for our investors, um, you know, because they just throttle way, way, way up, you know. And uh, yeah, I mean, so um you know right so, now we're seeing some crazy stuff yeah so you've so you've so you've essentially so how many how many years of data do you have of this of this type of data and what's your your what's your universe that you cover yeah so i mean our universe is growing since we're tracking it basically um on the consumer side and so we, we've got about 400 names and for at least, you know, 300, 350, we've got stable data back to 2017. And I mean, the world's changed probably three times since then. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, US focused? Yeah, we're primarily US focused. Um, we have some some other panel panelists in there, uh, English speaking Western Europe as well. Um, but our technology focuses on uh, essentially reading and parsing these coupons of promotional language in the English language. How do you, so um, presumably, although we're talking all consumer retail, I suspect that there is different language for doing different kinds of retail potentially, or different kinds of, um, how do you, how do you standardize all that? Is there a, or is it, or is it, a, or, is, or is it all, quite generic and once you've built the built the model to be able to to pass through a coupon then you can you can pass them all and and then you can make it very um 
it's um, comparing apples with apples if 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 Wayfair or I don't know Macy's or whoever is 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 putting on a promotion it always looks the same ultimately yeah I mean I mean I think I think you know our technology team consists of um, some really bright guys who have who have worked at uh, Google um, and what we're trying to do I think the most important thing for, for our customer base is consistency within a brand over prior periods, right? So um, we, we, we parse the coupons and we have kind of a keyword library, right? And so we, we, we want to make sure if it says, you know, for example, um, in tracking the discounts that hundred percent of the time you'll be happy. Well, our classification engines don't want to count that as a hundred percent discount. Um, so mm. we've got this, um, NLP and, and logic that that builds over time, and then at the end of the day, um, we we have a manual process of another group overseas who examines the outliers to make sure that you know the data is consistent with economic intuition. You know, so we're a little different than some of the scrapers. You know, in terms of. Uh, tracking the exact average price and trending out over time. What we really want to show our investors quantitatively and systematically is the most robust and accurate view of, of this promotional trend over time. And did the language that they're attempting to use change, right? And uh, that's the goal. And, um, you know, really interesting right now, we're seeing, you know, the language used. Just uh, really yeah. change yeah but just on that is there no not a risk that you'll get a new ceo or a new marketing lead who you know comes in just out of business school or whatever and has got new ideas about the vocab they want to use and that could that could be what you're tracking if there's a major change yeah yeah i mean you know it's definitely challenging um we've we've tracked some companies where i mean usually struggling companies are gonna are gonna fire management and, and go through and and bring in new team after new team. And, um, you know, usually it hasn't worked. Usually they end up like Bed Bath & Beyond or JCPenney's or GNC or Vitamin Shop, um, you know? And so, I mean, we've been more successful, you know, just keeping it kind of pure from the data side. And uh, again, um, not really trying to explain that or make adjustments yeah, yeah. or, you know, just did it change. Uh, just to answer the other part of that, though, the other part, one is the language. And so let's call that the discounting um, intensity. But the other is just the frequency of the messaging, you know, in terms of, right, just, you know, every year Express has their Easter 40% off sale. You know, we, we, we know this, but um, the coupon clippers know it, my company know it, but, but what Random Walk can show is, all right, well, we're now two days into the sale. Yeah, but this year they sent they sent various emails with similar language three more times compared with last year. So last year maybe the sale was going well and they just pinged people's inboxes once at the beginning of the sale. This year they've done the same one at the beginning, but two days later they sent another reminder and it's halfway through the weekend now, two more reminders. So it's basically yeah. You've built a you've built a, a kind of retailer desperation indices a little bit. How uh, how how I desperate should, I, feeling. I, I should actually <laughs> maybe a good idea to call it actually. Yep. 
<laughs> That's right. Yeah. How, I mean, how that would be a better. <laughs> but um, so and and yeah. so what and so what um, and so how can it be? So and uh, does it come out as a kind of number? So does it? Yes. Is it a kind of out of ten number or something like that? How is it? How how does it come out to the to the That's customer right. who buys the data? Yeah. So on the data side and and just you know, so my background, you know, this this data, you know, we launched our quant product, you know, uh, about six months ago. And, you know, this is after me monitoring the data as an analyst really for years, but we, we have a normalization period that um, our data scientists created, right? And different indices, I believe are normalized to a hundred, right? So if, um, you know, children's place goes up to 400 for, you know, we actually have different components. One, uh, maybe we'll change the name to what you said, the retailer desperate, you know, it's called steep discount indices. Um, so we have four or six subcomponents or that, that, that measure different things. And there's a normalization period, they're normalized to hundred. And if, if that, if that number jumps compared to prior period, you know, that's when, um, we would like, you know, our, our investor partners to really be on red alert or make their screens go red or attach more weight to the, to the random walk um, mm. variables. Would you, would you, do you tend to find that customers, um, your customers, your clients treat you as kind of, you know, they can build a strategy off you or, or on perhaps on a discretionary basis, then you could be, as you, as you kind of suggest, you could be a warning essentially. There's something going on with this company. We need to dig into it and try and, I don't know, maybe use a different alternative data set to understand what's going on with inventory at that uh, or, or pricing or, or, you know, so do you sell, do you see yourself as being able to be like, the only indicator and, and people can build a strategy off you or, or do you see yourself very much as part of an ensemble? I, I think my, my, most of my customers are using this to complement um, the much more expensive transactional data they're purchasing. Mm. And when they see those two converge in a way, then, um, you know, in my conversations with them, then I believe they're assigning more weight to it. I do know I have one or two other customers that have that have been, you know, incredible loyalty to me that that actually run a standalone strategy um, in a small book exclusively um, with the data. And the interesting part about that is, you know, then you can really um, siphon through it and just look at the outliers. You know, which what are the extremes that 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 the promotional ensemble you know. Like, right, like Lululemon, they never promote. I mean, so it's down at the bottom, you know, the stock has crushed it, its benchmarks, you know, for years on end, right? Um, on the flip side, Macy's at the top, you know, um, newer IPOs in the last couple of years and consumer, you know, um, that, that are now might've started with a market cap of three, 4 billion or now, you know, um, into the hundreds of millions. Cause um, you know, you could see that Right. They're just running out of money for for marketing and advertising. So, again, the easiest thing for them to do is just rank promotions. Mm. So so how has the data been descriptive in the last in the last few years? You kind of hinted towards it's been a, it's been a bit of a roller coaster lately. How is it? How's that come out of the data? Well, it's really interesting because, you know, these boring 
the boring ones um, are the best investments. <laughs> you know, yeah. like Lululemon. You know, um, some other ones where it it's there's nothing really going on. They don't need to do anything. <laughs> you know, they have uh, uh, the the ones the ones who don't appear on your desperation index. Yes. Then are the ones who are the least desperate. There's nothing to describe what they're doing. They 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 you know will send some emails about new products, right? But there's never a discount. You know um, that that sort of bottom decile has has clearly outperformed. On, on the other side, what's interesting, and um, I don't know if it'll continue, is you know the 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 just absolute glut of consumer IPOs. Um, with kind of cheap, easy money over the last three, four years um, for brands that don't necessarily have a long history. You know, uh, Warby Parker, Purple, like different mattress things and home furnishings. Um, you know, we've seen those and, and they don't they don't even, you know, necessarily have a really long where, like I said, as soon as things slow a little and they can't spend as much money on TV and advertising, you know, their, their promotions are screaming high. Um, and, and then on the other side of it, you know, which, which is really, you know, I don't, I'm not a macro guy. I don't really know what to think of it, but we're seeing some incredible, you know, best in breed retailers that I'm sure will be around for a long time um, with incredible resources, supply chain, et cetera, using words and emails that have really never had to use before, you know? So I do think there's something going on there. You know, how long, how long do you think something's been going on for? Well, I mean, you know, so, I mean, what I'm thinking is, right. Uh, it's hard to put your, I, I, I actually try to put my head in the sandbox. I don't want to be influenced by, you know, financial, but when companies like, you know, Walmart and Nike are, are changing the words in their promotional emails and our system is now classifying them as, you know, steeper discounts because they're using words like 50% off or 70%. We, we know like Nike's most shoes are 50 or 70% off. That's not the message that, that, that my investors uh, are receiving. You know, we don't need to track all their sneaker prices, you know, to do that. It's, that's too, you know, we just know something highly unusual is going on because going back to 2017, they've never had to use these words in how they communicate with leads and customers. You know, so there's some type of mismatch with, uh, you know, the products they have in stock and the products they're selling and, and, and consumer demand right now. And what do you think might be going on? Well, I, I think, I think um, that, you know, it's not just supply chain issues from the Far East, you know, because if it was just, you know, Supply chain issues from the Far East, we wouldn't see them having this glut of other products where they're having to increase the discounting language. So I think, you know, uh, Signet, right? Jewelry, like these discretionary products, you know, from a hundred bucks up to a couple grand, um, you know, when you see this for all these brands, consumers are really, you know, for probably the first time I've seen, you know, market leaders, right? No one's questioning Nike or Walmart, you know, over a six, seven year period, having to use these words, you know, the consumer may be finally, you know, slowing a little, a little bit. Mm-hmm. So what you're, what you're, what you might be um, uh, suggesting is that, so 
if it was just supply chain issues, then we'd expect prices to be going up and we'd expect to see shortages, which isn't necessarily what you get when you've got a lot of companies who are who are going heavy on the discounts. Um, we see while all the financial press is talking about um, supply chain issues and inflation, we at the same time, you're saying that we're seeing an awful lot of discount language as well. Um, so potentially there is there are gluts of certain products in these major major brands these major shops um that they're trying to get rid of um at the same time as shortages of other types of products is that is that what you're saying yeah i mean if listen if if walmart and nike you know have have in in i mean the incredible resources um in-house teams of data scientists trying to predict demand um you know totally optimize supply chains across these different product categories you know, are, are, are having problems. I mean, I can't imagine what the second and third tier companies are dealing with, you know, uh, because those are the best in breed and, and they've consumer preferences are shifting, you know, they're these discretionary things like jewelry or Pelotons and, and, and these things that were really probably very popular when the government was giving people stimulus money, um, you know, Consumers may not be going back to anytime soon um, to demanding these types of these types of things. So it could be, uh, yeah. So it could be a lack of spending power from the consumer. Um, so rather than that, the so it could just be a mismatch in terms of these companies who bought this stock when everyone was feeling rich um, is now faced with a consumer who's who's faced with inflation on perhaps on their on their basic staples, I don't know, on their on their gas, et cetera. Um, and so suddenly they don't want to go out and buy jewelry and all these things. And so so it could be that demand's falling off a cliff. And so they're trying to use these these coupons and, and discounts to 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 bring people back into the store. Yeah, it's a it's it's a mismatch. And I mean, you know, it's like, I mean, again, I'm not a macro guy and I don't follow Walmart, but you would think maybe Walmart um, may be able to adjust. The, the types of products that they have for sale, you know, because uh, to Walmart, it's almost like a staple, you know, but yeah. these other ones, I don't know what they're going to be able to do, mm. you know, because, and, and again, just this whole big data longevity thing, like going back is like, I mean, what, what, what other period, what can we compare this to in any, forget about my data, a tiny random walk shop, but the transaction, I mean, what other prior period uh, could investors compare this to? I don't know that there is one since big data has been around. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm aware. I don't think alternative data has ever dealt with yeah. a um, ever dealt with a recession before. So it's a it's it's a kind of first. It's a first idea. It's all been pretty. It's all been pretty good times up until now. So um, so yeah, um, brilliant. Okay, Greg. Well, is there anything else which we haven't talked about that we should have? No, I mean, I think um, it's interesting speaking to you because you have um, <laughs> a lot of experience. Um, it's nice, the 30,000 foot view of, of the yeah. industry and big data, which, um, you know, quite frankly, uh, some of the newer players uh, may not have 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 that uh, bigger view uh, built up. So it's, it's nice chatting. But um, yeah, I think that, I think we're going to be able to continue to uncover some really interesting things that management isn't necessarily going to admit during their calls and the transactional data is, isn't going to pick up. 
Brilliant. Well, hopefully um, anyone listening to this podcast will know where to come for that kind of that kind of information. So, um, so thanks very much for joining today, Greg, and best of luck with it. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me.